0: yo what's up welcome back to the business kids podcast today we are joined by tim brudan initially a consultant who quit his job to travel and ended up discovering a passion for teaching we talk about happiness achievements and finding true joy in the work that you do let's get straight to business i feel like you give a good insight given the fact that also uh you have experience in the corporate world if you could expand a little bit on that as well um that you've worked at a Canada trust as an administrative consultant given the fact that first you started as like you know a paper boy and then you started working your way up in other aspects of business and then you got to a certain extent that you were already like i would say like at the top type of thing of like the corporate ladder for Um, my age for my age yeah i was still pretty young
1: uh yeah Mm. didn't break into um uh upper management at that point but uh but i was on track for it
0: and then uh, you decided to go into teaching. like what was like the reason behind that? It, was there like a more of a, an implicit like creative I guess craving that you wanted to satisfy or is it just more of that? You it know? was more
1: um, that I was burnt out for what I was doing. And mm-hmm. it was like the type of work that I was doing was very interesting. It was very dynamic. I traveled a lot, uh, but I was I was living an unbalanced life. Um, it was and I was feeling the effects of it and and so um, I was burning out I realized uh, sort of like that that when you I don't know whether you know the uh, um, experiment where you put the I've never done it but if you put the frog in, boil, in boiling water it'll jump out but if you put the frog in water <laughs> heat up the water to a boil it will, it will die it won't realize so um, sometimes we have to know when to get out as much as when to get in. And it sounds like a poker game in a way. And it is <laughs> like, I think poker is like a reflection of life, you know, minus the gambling aspect, but um, <laughs> but, um, but honestly, you know, like there's a, play, a time to walk away. And mm-hmm. I walked away at a time that's going through a personal. Uh, problems as a result of like working 80 hours a week, a week. Um, easy uh, and that doesn't include flying time either between cities so uh, it was it was all-encompassing and I had all the bells and whistles I house with the pool everything like that and that there was imbalance in the life and I had to walk away or else um, yeah I, I just couldn't see myself there was some Oh, there were some, also some corporate decisions directly affecting my division, uh, which would have um, taken a, a huge dynamic part of my job and what I did and would have put me back into basically uh, management development. And I, I did that, you know, and it's like, I've there, done that. <laughs> I want to move on. So, um, so that was a large impetus to leave. I left on very good terms uh, basically with the handshake that uh, whenever you want to come back tell us what city in Canada you want to work in and that'll be fine. So I treated it somewhat as a sabbatical. I had already done my ESL qualifications. (laughs) Another thing I did on the side like when did I have the time to do these things? I don't know but um, I did do that and uh, and um, started looking around and basically worked in uh numerous countries and uh before i returned and that really consolidated that i i liked the classroom and that i always was sort of a teacher uh in my roles uh with the bank in many ways and that's what they expected of me Um, and uh, and so yeah that's what um i i did the uh a master's uh which allowed me to become uh, certified here in ontario and so that was uh also very good timing because i did want to come back to toronto and uh, where i grew up and uh live and work here
0: i think that was a perfect time to transition into um something i guess relating to what we were talking about you know with switching careers for burnout it's uh me and jesus actually had this the discussion like okay i don't know days anymore because of covid but sometime in recent (laughs) memory so we we had a discussion about like um what do you value more in general like happiness or achievements and kind of how you frame both of them so what does either term mean to you i just want to hear your take on it like what's your stance on that how do you define both and uh where would you put yourself on that scale
1: um oh (laughs) uh it's been a tumultuous year uh, <laughs> um well i think i think the two are connected i think we derive happiness from achievement um i made a pretty card okay and you know you, you're gonna bring up the economist to me you know i'm gonna start marginal benefiting you and then, <laughs> <laughs> Microeconomics, if you recall. Uh, so you know, um, so happiness is highly subjective um, as well, and and as a result, um, we we should be wary of not defining our sense of happiness according to other people's um, um, experiences. Um, it's it, it leads to a lot of conflict uh, my mother tries to do that and it's like, like yeah I can't be happy doing that and well that would you know you know so there's that respect um, achievements um, achievements are <clears throat> are really I think okay there's there's those goals that um, obviously you know you're still in school so there's these very defined um, basically achievements that you must attain um however life will start again life will start for real actually i said my my real life started at 30 um because i was defined by again what is happiness what is not happiness i'll tell you is being um being defined by other people's expectations yeah that's unhappiness i think and so when you can be in that driver's seat uh, saying like, you know, uh, a couple of my former colleagues, you'd be a teacher, like you know, a good take a pay hit and everything. Like this is like, you know, um, okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna swear, but um, no, I'm not gonna swear. Um, you can just imagine what I might say. You can imagine what I might say. And it's <laughs> like it's not your life. It's not your life, and you're not gonna live it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna be defined by an employer that is um, basically um, for lack of better words unreliable um i i want more definition of what i want in my life and 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 time does not stay still time is the most valuable resource and i think that's also what i would say um you know an achievement is is that that valuable use of your time you know that that which, from which you can derive that happiness um and whether that's a goal and if you can make those goals yourself even with the parameters of other people's well you know at first you know we have to live up to those expectations but as you can redefine yourself um i I think i think life becomes much more um uh just dynamic and um when you can define these things and does it take it takes risk (laughs) i'm not saying i didn't always feel um you know hundred percent some early. of my yeah. decisions or, um, yeah, I, um, and that was with the company that's been with teaching as well. Uh, but, um, but I, it's, you know, nothing venture, nothing game. And again, you know, like what is achievement? I ask students about what their uh, goals are type of thing. Um, you know, be thinking of these things and, um, sort of get concerned when they're, vague and i don't want again you can tell when people are just you know sucking up uh but more so you know when people are are looking towards certain things and because because it's they are defining their achievement
0: i mean yeah that's like one thing that i feel like i've been trying to also redefine with my own life i remember that in first year i actually had a talk with a uh, i think a prof or a student like an upper year and it's it's true like at the end of the day when you go to sleep like you're the one that's going to be dealing with the decisions that you made right yeah. like you're, it's not like it's not going to be anyone else's like oh maybe i made it as like an invested banker but that's not what i wanted to do like yeah i get the praise but at the same time like it's my own life yeah I'm the one that's living with it right
1: yeah and re- re- regret sucks regret really does yeah. suck would have could have should have um are words that i really hate <laughs> using in my vocabulary. I could have done, I would have done this. And uh, and yeah, back to that unhappiness, like what is unhappiness? Uh, when people are living in that uh, conditional state of being, uh, that uh, there would have been a better option and but how do you know that? You can't be in two places at once. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh drive drives some interest, drive some excitement, drive some entertainment, drive some humor. And that's that's at all phases of of life, you know, and at work, what I say for people at work, you know, you be the type of person you want to work with. You won't be the type of person you want to study with. you be the type, you know, it's, um, it's hard when you're the new person on the block, <laughs> type of thing, and uh, learning to, you know, learning the ropes. But, you know, I, I think uh, you learn a lot by keeping, you know, the mouth shut. The <laughs> uh, Yeah, the mouth shut, but the ears open and the eyes open really wide and ask those important questions because sometimes what i found too is uh when talking to students about like achievements and things so well, how do i know like how do i know about these things like what am i looking in the future and i say yeah it's very metaphysical type of uh you know what are your goals what are you but <clears throat> sorry pulling on my ear plug but we um we can help construct these things you know for uh from learning from the skills and uh, yeah, I don't know long-winded answer, but um, but good question. Where am I? Um, hey, I'm pretty happy fellow. I'm pretty even keel, and like I said, um, I, I you know moved away from. I've you know had my highs, had my lows. Uh, I think everybody has their challenges uh, physically and mentally uh, in life. And how do you get through those things, um, especially when they're health things? Um, it helps to really uh reconsider what your priorities are
0: you know one thing that you mentioned and uh, i know from when you taught uh, when you taught me as well is that you've been to all these countries like you taught in istanbul how do you think that maybe experiencing these different cultures in all of these different settings i guess carved some sort of definition for happiness and achievement for you given the fact that you have been like all like all over the world and experienced all these different things you know
1: well, you know, getting through the day was an achievement sometimes. And uh, one of my uh, things in Istanbul, and to get it from everybody, I want to be somewhere where um, people won't tell me what to do. And I wanted a new job. Um, I wanted to try something. I wanted, um, I didn't want the comfort that I thought I'd grown to trust that actually was not really making me happy, and and I it was like, and that's where I said my life really started um, at thirty. Well, I would have been thirty-one by this time, and uh, and just um, I was truly happy those days. And interesting, uh, my uh, my my parents came to visit me uh, halfway through. Uh, they want to see Turkey. It was a good opportunity because um, I had some vacation, and I said, "Well, we can go." You know, take. This. I had to learn some um, to get by in Turkish, so I said, "I can speak." So they did camp, and my my father's first reaction was like, "I've never seen you happier," and um, and I realized that you know, here I was, like, <laughs> I, I'm sharing a, a house with uh, three other teachers. Uh, I'm living in a sort of a tough area, Istanbul. Uh, nobody knows me, uh, but, um, and I, I could be this hack teacher, not that, you know, <laughs> my training was so minimal. So, uh, but the thing was is that it was that challenge and that, that achievement that I could go, you know, leave the house, uh, realize that I need another set of t- keys, know where to go, know how to ask for the keys, Uh, copy the keys in turkish pay uh, you know go about your business you know uh, shop for yourself Um, and again um, it was you know a time to really get to know yourself and define yourself by 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 your own parameters and that led to um, opportunities um, to work in india uh, to work in nepal Um, i flew to malaysia i wasn't in a a uh, hurry back to go to North America. So I, I went online at an internet cafe and I landed myself a, a month-long contract at an English school. So, um, <laughs> and and it was amazing. I, I boarded with the, a, a, a family of Chinese uh, ethnicity in Kuala Lumpur, and, and you really got to see how other people live and um, realize basically all the benefits we have here in North America. Uh, particularly Canada, um, where um, yeah, I think it was Stephen Lewis that said, um, "If you've already, if you've been born in Canada, you've already won the lottery." And I think that's something that young people could um, could experience. Um, if I had it my way, um, and all the money that we pour into the military, uh, you know, to kill people in other countries, um, let's put a fraction of that of having Uh, teenagers rather than rushing them into post-secondary after grade 12 is they got to do in many countries military service is a requirement Uh, yes Canada is very unique uh, in this Uh, I'm not suggesting putting kids into military Um, but it is a type of military that we could like a Peace Corps and basically and sort of the model of uh, me to we and free the children, that students would get, basically, a funded as ambassadors of Canada. Uh, they'd have to, say, do a six-month work, uh, maybe co-op model type of thing, maybe six-month co-op in Canada, or a part of Canada, maybe a different province of Canada, and realize the diversity across this country, and maybe six months in a developing country. And let's get back, instead of basically selling uh, weapons and guns uh, to those corrupt governments, let's basically give back to the people, and the best way we can do it is is three people. And there's a Brazilian uh, researcher, uh, Paulo Ferrari, and uh, really looked into this, is to say, how do you uh, working with um, uh, destitute people in um, in um, it wasn't it wasn't Rio, it wasn't Sao Paulo, it but Recife, I think. It, uh is where he worked and um but this is what he was saying and canada does have an opportunity to do things a little bit differently instead of settling down to the status quo and uh you know again a fraction of our military budget could finance this a fraction of it and uh, and it'd be pretty cool um and you get canadians coming back um i think um or whatever you know the way shape and form uh integrate canadian natural born, but people coming back with a broader sense of basically the needs of the world and how we uh, basically can can fit into it
0: now on the topic of that do you have any interesting stories about life or mentalities that you would like to
1: share and how to approach it um for me I always have a story. There is never a bored moment in my classes. There is never a straying moment because there's always a story. And if there's anything, you know, again, that gets people going and uh, such is 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 remember your story and uh, be prepared to share that story and hopefully bring a smile mm-hmm. to people's.
0: Yeah, I would say that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. I, I'd say uh, it's to. To bring out a story and everybody, like everybody has something to share. Everybody has some of ex- some sort of experience that they must share, right? And uh even this guy right over here has a story as well <laughs> that at some point well, uh he'll have to share. Um <laughs> speaking of stories, I know this is kind of random, yes. but there is a specific story that <laughs> I-, I was telling Sebo about this beforehand. Oh. There's, a, there's a specific story that I think is fascinating and i think it will be nice to like if, if you're comfortable with sharing um sure. the story of your uh surgery your eye surgery that i feel like the like listeners would get a good kick out of and like you know just <sighs> something to, like a light-hearted note to end it on now that we got all philosophical sure and deep
1: and... sure <laughs> okay so um again talking about you know enduring pain uh type of thing uh is part of life's journey um yes you know we have things about ptsd and Um, I think it's a real thing, but I think there's, um, you know, like this COVID thing. But either way, um, I was born with a genetic defect in my eyes. It's called keratoconus. um, Keratoconus. Um, It's actually much more um, prevalent than was thought when I was diagnosed with it. Either way, it attacks your cornea, which should be uh, an organ that should endure your entire life, like your kidney, like your spleen. Either way, uh, mine did not, mine were weakened. And so what was happening is that every time I was blinking, it was shaving off um, layers of my cornea, thus changing my ability to see. And so I was changing their prescription and they noted that I had this condition, uh, special this, special that. Um, But upon um, returning to Toronto, um, I started with a new doctor who said, oh my God, it's like your, your right eye is, is on the verge. Like you need surgery like in the next month and you need, basically it will have to be a transplant surgery. Okay. So much like a transplant of any organ. It's the same. Uh, so, you know, make sure you, th- I don't know whether you have to fill up transfer, uh, uh, organ donation forms anymore, but. You're doing somebody a real service. But either way, um, I go in, I, um, there was a donor. And so I um, <clears throat> go in for the operation. They give you anesthesia, they give you a paralysis drug. Like, who wants somebody flopping around when they're working on your eye? And, um, and yeah, they went to work on me, except they didn't give me enough anesthesia. And I woke up. I was completely sentient. I could, I could feel things. I, I, I was completely alive. But because of the paralysis stroke, I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. But I could hear everything I could feel. And I woke up at the moment where they're like sucking out my old cornea. I heard it, actually. <laughs> okay. And they proceeded to put the new one in. To secure the new one, there had to be two sets of 16 stitches in arcs around your eye. And I felt every one of those 32 stitches in and out of my eye. If we talk about uh, next to uh, torture, so they're holding me down on the operation bed because my body is convulsing with each pinprick going what needle going into my eye which and it just like it felt like forever um either way uh uh um yeah awful story but it worked I'm happy to this day but yeah waking up in that operation was just like hell and I thought I didn't know much about it until I think it was a few years later and I it was I was marking work or something like this. And Dr. Oz was on in the background. And the theme was people who had woken up during surgery. And (laughs) they were interviewing people who were like having like, you know, their leg removed at their knee and everything like this. But because they have this paralysis drug, this was never explained to me. Uh, The doctors explained that the mistake was is that their patients are largely senior citizens and senior citizens um are very um at risk to succumb to the anesthetic um on the bed and not wake up. Um it's not too uncommon. So they, they, they gave me anesthesia like an old man. Not like <laughs> I guess I was I, early 30s or something like that at the time. But either way that was uh, yeah I could always gross at the students with that one. That was uh...
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah well you know what they say i symbolize the truth and light so i feel like you've shed a lot of light today on all of us not only the uh the story itself but also just speaking wisdom to like everybody including ourselves and the listeners uh so thank you very much (laughs) my pleasure for being a part of today's podcast oh my god (laughs) uh... thank you so much (laughs) and uh, cheers guys